loves. <laughs> Guess who is back? Yes, it is you, Linda Renee, your host of From Shadow to Sacred. It is Sex in the Raw. It has been two years and so much can happen in two years. One of those things being, I am now doctor. Yes, doctor. Okay. Yolinda Renee Rockman, aka DocuRock. I have went ahead and got my PhD in clinical sexology, and I'm going to be bringing all that wisdom, knowledge, research that I've gained over these last two years, and we're going to bring them to the conversation. Why? Because it's needed and necessary. I couldn't stay away even if I wanted to. Universe, spirit, source, God, whatever you want to call it, has been inviting me, nudging me, and eventually it pushed me in my back and say, look, it's time to get back to work because you are needed. There's a gap. And it is up to you to help fill it. So we are here, we are back, and we're going to continue to have these raw conversations where we're inviting all of us to have the audacity to be in our authentic selves. Slight pivot, this podcast is now sponsored by Heal On Purpose, Inc., a nonprofit dedicated to the research and education on the impact of sexual trauma in and on the Black community, while also creating resources that aid in collective and individual healing. Why? Again, because it's necessary. No one is coming to save us for real. We have to save our damn selves. And so this is part of that process by being willing to have the conversation. So without further ado, without further ado, (laughs) let's get into it. All right. All right, here we go. So I already know this episode It's probably going to piss some people off. It's going to step on some toes. And it's also going to really speak to and for those who get overlooked, who get disregarded when it comes to certain things. So let's get into this title. So the title of this episode is Turkey, Traumas, and Triggers. Stop inviting the pedo of the family to your fucking holiday dinners. Yeah, that's what it is. And why is this how I'm choosing to come back to the mic? Because like I said, this is now being sponsored by Heal On Purpose Inc., a nonprofit that is really working to shed light on the how prevalent sexual trauma is in the black community and its impact in and on the black community. And in order for us really to get to a place of healing, we first have to have these conversations, right? And as a counselor, as a sex therapist who specializes in trauma, specifically because before I became a sex therapist, and I use this language, but this isn't hard and fast statistics, but I would say about 90% of the people who I created space for as a therapist has a form of sexual trauma. And those clients also were having to deal with going to different functions and events with the family and the person who abused them, who took advantage of them, was still invited into the family space, right? Because the thing about it is when it comes to sexual trauma, in most cases, we are not abused by strangers, right? It is usually by someone we know. And most often it's either a family member or a friend of the family is what typically happens. And I've had several clients who, and these were some of my younger clients in their early twenties who were still being put in positions where they had to be in close proximity 
to the person who had abused them and the impact it has on a person who has experienced some form of sexual trauma to be put in a position where they have to interact with their abuser. There's so many things that happens. There's so many messages that that person is receiving when that is what transpires. First and foremost, what they are getting is that the family really doesn't give a fuck about them for real, right? Because if they cared about their safety, if they cared about how they felt, then why would they put them in a room with the person who abused them? But oftentimes the whole idea of, you know, well, that's family and, you know, we don't want to rock the boat. We don't have to choose. What do you mean? You don't want to have to choose, right? I mean, because in the black community, which is what I speak to, because that is the community I'm a part of, but I also know this happens in other communities as well, right? But I'm specifically talking about the clients who I've seen who have been majority African-American, aka black, have been in positions where, and I have a particular client in mind as I'm having this conversation with you all, who was in a position where, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and I specifically chose this topic right before Thanksgiving because I thought it made sense, right? Considering the holidays are coming up, they are upon us. And and I want to be sensitive, right? I want to be sensitive in that I know it can be difficult to know how to handle these these situations for some. Some of us is really clear cut. There there's no real decision to make. It it's this person is no longer allowed, is no longer invited. Real clear cut. For others it's not that simple. And usually what happens is the reason that these things are not that simple is because those who are making those decisions also have their own history. So what I have seen, what I have been privy to is when we have family members, when we have family dynamics where the abuser who is a part of the family, whether or not it's mom, dad, cousin, uncle, auntie, whomever, is still allowed to be in proximity, is still allowed to fellowship, if you will, with the family is because it almost becomes a part of what happens. It's normalized. So when we think about the histories and the stories of those who are choosing to look past the abuse and the trauma, if you dig a little a little deeper, you will find that oftentimes those people have also experienced some form of abuse. It's become where I've heard language from other people, even peers, where they've dealt with clients and they've said, well, you know, that's just what happens. Most girls experience some form of abuse. It just is what it is. It's to be expected. And I don't know about y'all, but if we get to the place where we accept that abuse is a fucking part of our rite of passage to adulthood, then there is something that's fundamentally wrong. There is something that is broken. And in those cases, it oftentimes can't even be fixed. It's some shit that we need to burn to the ground. And I'm having this conversation because I am seeing the repercussions of what happens when these things are not discussed, when we do not shed light on just how 
and, and you know, I cuss y'all. So I'm trying, I'm trying not to cuss as much as I would like to when we do not shine a light on how dysfunctional this is and how this predicates more trauma generationally is when we continue this cycle, right? And the whole goal is for us to disrupt this cycle so that we can create a legacy that is more healing, that is more healed. And for those of us who are still a part of family systems, who chooses to turn a blind eye, they don't want to rock the boat. Even if you don't want to kick that person out the family, you don't want to just be like, fuck them. They can no longer be a part of the family gatherings. At the very least, I am inviting you all to have a conversation to really bring a spotlight onto the quote unquote elephant in the room. There's probably not even conversations. Has this person even been confronted about their behavior? I'm not going to even go so far and say, Hey, you need to call the cops and all this and that. I'm not even there yet. We'll get to that point later on in our conversations, but at the very freaking least I invite us to do is confronted to have a conversation. If you can invite the family pedo to the holiday gatherings, then I'm inviting you to bring them to the table to have a family meeting about the fucked up shit that's been happening amongst the family members. Like y'all, this is what we're not doing. This is what we're not going to allow. And to have a conversation with the whole family, whoever come to Thanksgiving dinner, whoever y'all invite to Christmas dinner, there needs to be a separate situation or event that needs to happen. And usually I don't use language of like should or need, but now nah, I'm using it right now. There gets to be a conversation where we have that topic on the table. That if we're going to continue to allow you to come to these functions, we want to bring to the table that we know what's been going on with Auntie Janet, with Uncle Benjamin, with Cousin Zach, with Cousin Rebecca, whomever. With our friend who we call Cousin Benjamin down the street, whomever is participating in this type of conduct that we've chosen to throw the, the rug over and still invite them to these holiday dinners. If you're willing to do that, but not call them to the carpet. See, here's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing a lack of accountability. I'm seeing a unwillingness to call what it is, what it is. But yet and still we are, we are, what is it? What's the language I'm looking for? We are wailing and we are showing discomfort and remorse and we're we're feeling some type of way when we're hearing stories of continued abuse and things happening and then we say we don't know why so and so did this we are so confused we are so saddened by that this happened to this person what do you mean i'm i'm confused by your your confusion why is it that you are confused that this this is continuing within the family system that this pattern of dysfunction continues to take place. At what point did we disrupt the cycle? If we are not choosing to disrupt the cycle, then the cycle will what? It will continue. 
I mean, I just got, <laughs> that's so funny. I just got a message right then and now. I mean, that was universe saying, yes, that was me getting a tabernacle on that part of the conversation. Did y'all hear that? Anyways, this isn't going to be a long one because I feel like I'm going to continue to have this conversation throughout, but I just wanted to bring this as me getting back on the mic. This is what we're going to be talking about. I'm it's no holds bar in this mug, right? We are coming full force because it is needed and is necessary. Then there's more conversation happening in society, celebs, which is, eh, it makes me feel away sometimes that when a celeb gets on the mic and they use their platform to talk about these things, everybody has their ears, their listening ears, you know, on, right? But we have us in the trenches, us regular folks who are trying to have these conversations, who are initiating these conversations, or who are saying, hey, who are inviting people to spaces to do the work. We're overlooked. There we go. We're overlooked. See, I got another high five from Universe. Look at how that works. We're overlooked and we feel away, y'all. I'm just going to keep it a, a stack. You know, I have conversations with my colleagues and we feel away that when a celebrity gets on the mic, And they have these conversations about mental health and how it's so important and we need to do this and we need to do that, that the populace listen. But when we have those of us on the ground who are attempting to have these same conversations, we're getting overlooked. We're not getting the same respect. We're not getting the same visibility, you know, and it it can be one of those things where we begin to ask ourselves, what the fuck is the point, right? We, we ask ourselves those things and guess what we still do? We still show up because we know that at some point someone is going to hear. If it's one person, it is what it is. We're going to run with that one. But I'm going to continue to have these conversations that are extremely uncomfortable because they are needed and they are necessary. So for those who are still allowing those family members who are problematic to come to these spaces, to come to these holiday parties, because we're telling our, our family members, just don't go over there. You know, Junebug, you know, they problematic. You know, they a little sus. Just don't leave your, your, your children with them. Is that what we're doing? That's the solution? So not accountability. No. Not rehabilitation. Not us thinking about other kids other than the ones in our family who might be potential victims of this cousin or uncle Junebug. Not that. Just... We're telling our people, don't leave your kids around them because they're creepy. They're the weird uncle and cousin. At some point, I'm asking us as a collective, right? Because I'm not even asking anybody else outside of the black community to come in and save us. We're not waiting for saviors. We've been there and done that. And we see where it's gotten us. At this point, we need to save our damn selves, which means we need to be responsible for ourselves. We need to take accountability for ourselves, the good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between. In order for us to get to a place of higher consciousness, for us to heal, for us to elevate, we first need to take responsibility for where we fall short. And that can be uncomfortable. I know I've been there, done that, got the t-shirt, the pen, the cup, the mug, all of it. It is uncomfortable to take responsibility for where you fall short. It's much easier to be a victim than it is to be a leader, to take take responsibility for your actions. It's easier to point the finger. It just is, and I know it is. It takes courage to be like, you know what? We have been effing up. We, We could have done better. 
There's more we could have done. But the thing about it is that that is where our power lies. Our power lies in our ability to take ownership and accountability for our actions, for what we do and don't do. So in order for black folks, for our community to be empowered, we need to be accountable. So for anyone who has been victimized, who are going to these holiday parties or been invited and your abuser is still there, I invite you to stand in your power and choose to not fucking go. And when they ask you why, be honest. Because my abuser was also invited to this same fucking table. And I'm using my language with intention. They've been invited to this same table. And I don't think it makes sense for abuser and victim to be sitting at the same table, especially if we're not having conversation about the issues. So with that, my loves, I love y'all so much. This has been Yulinda Renee Rachman, a.k.a. DocuRock, with the first return episode of From Shadow to Sacred, It's Sex in a Raw. We're just getting started. Stay tuned. Let's go. Peace. All right, y'all. So that has been the re-entry into From Shadow to Sacred is Sex in a Raw. This is how we coming back. This is what we doing. And I want you all to anticipate more of this type of language, this type of conversation, because the whole point right now, the pivot has been that we are discussing the impact of sexual trauma on and in within the black community. And it's not just about the trauma for real. It's about also how it impacts our life, right? How it impacts our relationships with ourselves, with others and source, whatever that means to you and how we can get in alignment with who we were for all the trauma. And who is it that we actually want to embody? We want to excavate the real divinity within us. And in order to do that, we need to be mindful of how we've been impacted. And that means taking ownership of our story and being accountable for what it looks like to get to a place where we can release all of these things that we've been holding on to. The whole goal is healing for real, whatever that means, right? There's so many different ideas of what healing is. And for me, it is about getting to a place of peace, of acceptance, and of releasing things that are not productive. So with that being said, I want y'all to stay tuned. And to be honest, I don't really know what this is going to look like. The reason why this has been on hiatus for a couple of years is because your girl was on her, on her solo dolo mode. I was doing all the things. I was getting the interviews done. I was doing the interviews. I was doing all the scheduling. I was doing the editing. I was doing the production. I was doing the marketing. I was doing all of it. And your girl just fucking hit a wall. I'm just saying. But now... I want to continue to do this. So my goal is to at least once a month, hit y'all with the real, hit y'all with the raw, you know, so that we can continue to have these conversations. And if you would like to be a part of the podcast, y'all know I love doing interviews. So if you want to come get on the mic with me, I'm going to put on my therapy hat. I'm going to get all up in your business. So be prepared for me to be asking questions because you know, I'm going to share as well. 
you can shoot me an email. There is a specific email for you to get inquiries for the podcast. But for right now, I don't remember what the fuck it is and I'm not prepared. So I'm going to give you a different email. You can hit me at Renee at docurock.com. That is Yolinda Renee, Y-U-L-I-N-D-A-R-E-N-E-E at docurock, D-O-C-Y-U-R-O-C.com. Hit me up and say, hey, you know what? I got a, a conversation I want to have. I got a story I want to tell. I want to get on the mic with you. Let's make it do what it do. And we'll make it do what it do. In the meantime, I love you lots. Thank y'all for riding with me, for continuing to be here. And let's continue to do this work. Onward. Peace.